Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to Permission to Think. I'm Edwin Restrian, and I'm glad you're joining me today. To all my beautiful people who have tuned in to Permission to Think, I want to say thank you. I hope I added value to your life, and may the words shared on this platform encourage you to think and draw closer to our Heavenly Father. Thank you for making our time together so special. If you would like to learn more about this podcast and all upcoming events, please visit my website, erustrian.com, where you will find blogs for each weekly podcast, latest news on my new book, and resources to help you in your journey of life, faith, and family. Let's dive into our topic of the day and give ourselves permission to think. This topic will be a two-part episode, so this is part one. And so... Our topic of the day is steadfast courage. When I was putting this lesson together, I wanted to find out the meaning of the word steadfast, just to be a little more clear and be a little more specific at how this applies to courage. And the dictionary defined it as not changing, not fickle, or wavering. It's constant. Steadfast is fixed, firm and staying strong. It's settled or established. So the question of the day is, what do you think about when you hear the word courage? What images come to mind? I know for me, the first image that comes to mind is of a firefighter running into a building to save lives, a police officer responding to a robbery or a domestic violence call not knowing what to expect. Soldiers going to war not knowing if they will see their loved ones again. However, as I pondered on this topic of courage, I realized that there are people who display great acts of courage daily. Let me give you a few examples from everyday people who are steadfastly courageous. The mother who lost her job has three kids to take care of and feed. The husband, whose wife was just diagnosed with terminal cancer and now has to find ways to care for her and the rest of the family. The young girl who believed her boyfriend loved her only to sleep with her and leave her with a baby to raise on her own. The husband and wife who have fallen on hard times and can't pay the mortgage or rent and now face eviction. The parents who receive a call late at night to the unfortunate news that their only child has been in a deadly car crash. The mother who stays up late at night praying for her son to come home knowing he has a drug problem. The business partner who just failed at another startup. The husband and wife who lost their third child. The child who lost both parents in an unfortunate accident. Are these everyday people? Not showing courage? One thing is definitely certain and guaranteed in life. Hard times will come. Hardship will visit all of us at some point. The question is, will we have enough courage to see it through? There's a famous quote by Nietzsche that reads, He who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. I think this is true. Do you have a why? You may not know why unfortunately things are happening to you right now and the season you are entering, but know that that's exactly what it is. 
a season. If your why is big enough, then you can bear anything that comes your way. Let me give you a few examples of everyday people in the Bible who had a why and face any house with steadfast courage. Noah is called to build the ark during a great drought. He was ridiculed, humiliated, scorned, and laughed at. Did he need courage? Abraham was given a promise to have a son at the age of 100 and his wife was 90. Did they need courage? Moses is called to free God's people and return to the land of Egypt where he had killed a man. He was terrified and feared the worst. Joshua is appointed the new leader after Moses to lead God's people into the promised land. Big shoes to fill and a massive task to undertake. Did he need courage? Hannah, who couldn't conceive a child and made a promise to give her child to the Lord all the days of his life, does she need courage? Nehemiah called to rebuild the city and its walls. He faced corruption, accusation, treachery, and death threats. Did he need courage? David faced ridicule from his brothers, forgotten and not acknowledged by his own father. Abigail meets David and his army in the middle of the road to ask for mercy for her foolish husband. Did she need courage? Esther believed in God's plan to risk her own life to save her people from being completely annihilated. The widow who had nothing left to eat during a great famine and God sends Elijah the prophet to her house to do a great miracle. Or perhaps Joe to believe and accept God's sovereign plan in spite of all his suffering, pain, abandonment, and mockery. Did he need courage? Daniel in the lion's den because he did not want to bow and follow a corrupt, godless, idolatrous government. And you, what's your story of courage? Your story is still being written. What will you be remembered for as your most courageous act? Right now, you might be going through the most difficult time of your life. Think. Think critically about your circumstances. Do you have a plan? Do you need faith? Do you need a miracle? If you win the battle of the mind, you win the day. Let me say that again because I think it's so critical for you to really understand that. If you win the battle of the mind, you win the day. And life's meant to be lived in the present day by day. Don't think about the future. Don't worry about the future. Face the day with grit, resilience, tenacity, commitment, and steadfast courage. Life demands something from us. Life stares us down and dares us to take it head on. One of my favorite movies is Rocky. And you may ask, well, then what is it about Rocky that you like? What's not to like? For us, um, I think many men can probably relate to this movie for what it teaches us. Rocky is, is a man who comes from the hood and extreme poverty, and he rises from the slums and goes to riches. 
And in his process, one of the things that drove him and made him was his tenacity and the grit to fight the courage that he had inside of him, that he never stayed down when he was knocked down by his opponent, Apollo. And this man represents the everyday average person who is always up against the worst of enemies, life itself. And so one of my favorite um, parts of Rocky is Rocky IV. And this movie um, depicts Rocky as one who is accomplished, one who is very successful now. But as in the words of my dear friend Les Brown, he, he wasn't hungry. He had lost that edge, that fighter mentality, and he was enjoying the benefits and the ease of life. And so Ivan Drago just fought Apollo and he kills him. He completely just laid him out on the canvas. And so fear comes into the heart of Rocky and all those who just witnessed what happened to Apollo. And one of the most powerful scenes in that movie for me is when Rocky comes to terms in going to Russia and fight this Goliath. And as he enters his house, he's at the bottom of the staircase and his wife, Adrian, is at the very top of the staircase. And she's trying to persuade him not to fight Ivan Drago. And he's like, but what, is, what else is there to do? The house, the cars, do you think this matters? And you can hear in Rocky's voice the inner turmoil that he has. Yet, the courage that he's mustering to fight and this fight is not just any ordinary fight, but for him, it's the fight of his life. And something powerful happens in the exchange of their words. As Adrian is trying to really convince Rocky not to go, she gets to the point where Rocky says, but what do you want me to do? And, and, and Adrian says, well, you can't win. And when you hear those words... When Rocky heard those words coming from Adrian, the woman who has been by his side, he looks at her as if for the first time she doubted that he could win. Those three words, you can't win. Rocky took a moment to think. He got in his car. And he drove away. As Rocky commits himself to this task, he goes back to the basics. He goes back to hard work. He leaves the city, the material, to find solitude, to find a place to be alone with his mind, with his heart, to find the fighter in him again to have a reason and a purpose more than just getting rich. He gets a mentor, a coach to help him train. In the long term of things as he's working out and he is training not just his body but his mind, Adrian appears by his side once again. 
Now, this is not a new story. This is, this is a story as old as the story of Job. When Job, unfortunately, ends up with everything being taken from him. He doesn't even know why things are happening to him. And at the one part in the, in the Bible, it says that his wife told him, why don't you just curse your God and die? Unfortunately, sometimes we need courage to face our own family members, the very voices that speak to us in the most negative and the most destructive tone. Words matter, but sometimes you just have to muster enough courage to take on your God-given tasks in this life. Life will beat you. Life will stare you down. Life will challenge you and knock you down and dare you to get up again. And I speak over you and I speak to anyone who's listening right now and you're going through the most difficult season of your life. What do you do? You get up. You get up, you pick yourself up and you look at life and you say, is that all you got? You ain't so bad. Is that all you got? When everything has been taken from you, when everything has been drawn out of your bank account, when your family member is ill, when your wife is in the worst of pain, when your child is suffering, when there is no food on the table, when you don't know what your next step is going to be, can you build up enough courage to look at life and say, is that all you got? Well, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I have a plan and I'm going to take you head on. I'm going to take you head on and I'm not going to stop and I'm not going to give up. And that's the type of courage that make great men and women. See, the idea is that many people have a tendency of looking at very successful people and just looking at their headlines and saying, well, this person, and this woman, and this man are great because luck was on their side. They don't know their story. Sit down with someone and before you judge them, hear and, and, and listen intently to what they had to go through and why they are where they are. It's because they committed themselves to the fight. They didn't withdraw. They didn't look at life with ease and comfort. They gave themselves in completely to say you ain't beating me down i'm gonna i'm gonna get up one more time and that's what life is all about one of my favorite books is called men's search for meaning victor frankl writes about the everyday life of jewish people in the nazi concentration camps in the book he pens the horrors and terrifying experiences of the many men and women and children found there however in the middle of such suffering, chaos, and evil, hope lived in the eyes of those who couldn't speak. Kindness was rendered to those in greater need from those who had steadfast courage to offer their last piece of bread. The meaning of life, my dear friend, is not found in the comfort and ease of life, but instead in the suffering and pain. But we muster the courage to commit ourselves to have the audacity to face evil. And our greatest fears is when our lives will have the greatest meaning and purpose. In the book, Victor Fankel wrote, What we really needed was a fundamental change in our attitude toward life. We had to learn ourselves and furthermore, we had to teach the despairing man that it did not really matter what we expected from life, but rather what life expected of us. That everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, 
the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. Can you imagine? These people were in concentration camps. Everything had been taken away. Many were murdered, were killed. And Victor Frankl writes, it did not matter what we expected from life, but rather what life expected of us. Wow. What is life expecting of you? What is life expecting of me? Let me share with you a story of true courage by a young 15-year-old girl. It comes from a woman I admire and consider my hero, and I want to honor her, my mother. When my mother was 15 years old, she became pregnant of me. She did her best to try to hide the pregnancy from my grandmother. She did a pretty good job for a very long time until, unfortunately, she couldn't hide it from her anymore. My grandmother was heartbroken, and she decided to force my mother into having an abortion. And they went to the doctor many times, and the doctor would tell her, we, 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 can't, we can't reach him. It's as if he's in the deepest part of the womb, and we can't, we can't touch him. You're going to put your daughter's life in jeopardy if we continue to try to have this abortion. And they tried multiple times. Now, I must say that the technology 46 years ago was not there. Thank God for me. And I look at my life now. I look at the success that I enjoy. I look at my two daughters. I look at the books that I've written. I look at all the things that God has allowed me to accomplish, and I say it with great humility. And I thank God for allowing me to live, for giving me the opportunity to do something and to fight this life that I've been trying to fight since my mother's womb to survive. I'm not going to quit, nor I'm going to surrender. I am going to get up every single day and commit myself to this fight with what life is expecting of me. And I will not play the victim card and I will blame anyone else for where I am today. But I know that my mother has been the reason why I'm standing here today. After my mother had me, my grandmother tells my mother that she must leave the country and she must come to the United States for a better life. My mother at that time had a visa for, from a company, a work visa, to come and work here. And I was only three years old when she left me. I didn't get to see my mother again until I was about nine years old, and my grandmother had passed away. And my mother coming to the States as a young, young woman, she didn't have anyone here. She had to work really, really hard. She had a lot of unfortunate situations that happened to her, one after the other, one life event after another, tragedies that occurred to her. And I remember growing up when I was finally with her here in the States, we didn't have much. We were very um, we were low-income families, and, but she worked. She worked hard. And one of the things that I asked her one day um, as I was much older, I said, you know, mom, 
you went through some really, really hard times and there were moments where you probably didn't even know when our, where our next meal was going to come from. But one thing I noticed is that I never heard you complain. I never heard you blame anyone else. I never heard you play the victim. Why? And she said, I didn't have any time to feel sorry for myself. I just knew that I needed to do what I needed to do. She raised three boys. Three boys. Did the best she could. She gave us a work ethic and taught us what, what I believe is the most powerful thing ever and gave us the greatest gift, which was to believe and have faith in God. That changed my life. And I know for a fact that I am where I am today because of her. And she is my hero for showing me that life is going to hit you hard. Sometimes you make bad decisions. Sometimes you win the day. But rest assured, life will come back harder the next time around. And so that story for me, it's so important to tell for many reasons. But because in the midst of hardship, my mother displayed steadfast courage to not surrender or give up on her children, on her life, but now enjoys still the fruits of all her labor. There's a quote by Maya Angelou that reads, I am convinced that courage is the most important of all the virtues because without courage, you cannot practice any other virtue consistently. Now, isn't that true? Without courage, we can't forgive. Without courage, we can't love the unlovable. Without courage, we can't express words of kindness. Without courage, we can't perform acts of kindness. Without courage, we can't face the day. We can't get up from a bed. Without courage, we cannot many times go to work. And for those everyday people who work hard, who get up every day because they know that they have a responsibility to care for the children, for the husband who comes home and spends time with the children, that's courage. For the mother who comes home after a long day of work to prepare a meal, to spend time with her children, to read, to tell them that she loves them, to bathe them. You are showing great courage. To the many CEOs of companies who faced the hardships of what the last two years have been in your leading teams and companies in the midst and in the middle of such chaos, you are showing great courage. To the many educators who walked into schools, you're showing great courage. To the many nurses who during the pandemic went through the most difficult mental, emotional task ever, you have displayed steadfast courage.
What is life expecting of you and me? Let me share three key points to help you build steadfast courage so that you and I can take on the toughest challenges we experience in life. Number one, win the battle of your mind and win the day. Focus on the promises God has spoken over your life. Write them on the walls of your house, your heart, and every possible place you can see them. Romans 12.2 reminds us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Your thoughts matter. Do not self-destruct by the negative thoughts that you have. Learn to filter them. Learn to cast them out. This is what destroys many people. Negative thoughts cause negative feelings. Negative feelings cause negative behaviors. Negative behaviors create patterns and habits. And these patterns and habits turns, turn into acts and eventually become who you are. Don't let negative thoughts win the day. Read every day something that is going to add value to your life. Read stories of great men and women who have won the day. They're the biography, the autobiography of Nelson Mandela is, is a great read. It's something that is inspiring on the ideas of forgiveness. In spite of that, everything was taken from him and he was incarcerated for over 20 years. The man decided as he was coming out of prison to forgive because he didn't want them to still have him after he had walked out. Win the battle of your mind and win the day. Number two, practice humility. You're not alone in your fight. You have people who love you and are eager to help you in your journey. Swallow your pride and ask for help. You are wasting precious moments and time and human resources. Let me go back to the story of Rocky when he's training and when he is alone in the bitter cold in Russia. He determined he knew what he needed to go back to. He knew that he needed to leave all the materialism behind, all the conveniences of life. He needed to retreat to a place where he knew he would find himself. But he wasn't there alone. He had a good trainer, a good coach to help them get back to the basics, to get back to what mattered most. We need a mentor. We need a coach to help us through that process. In the ways of life, we get caught up in all the things in the pursuit of this idea of happiness. And the pursuit of happiness is like the carrot, the rabbit chases in a circle over and over again. Haven't you realized that the moment you obtain something that doesn't make you happy or if it does, it makes you for a little while and then suddenly there's something else that you're chasing after? Can we ever get to a point where we understand that it's what we do in this world, it's what we give, that will ultimately lead us to find fulfillment, not happiness, but joy. Practice humility. Ask for help. 
You have people in your life who will help you. Read Matthew's, the book of Matthew, chapter 5, from verse 1 through 5, and read the words of Jesus, what he speaks of, and let those words encourage you each and every day. The third point that I want to share with you is live a life of discipline. Discipline your life to prayer. Reading the scriptures for wisdom and guidance on life's toughest subjects. Read the life of Christ and the Gospels. Wake up early in the morning to spend time with God. Make this a priority. Meditate on His Word daily. Develop a gratitude journal where you write every day all the things you're grateful for. Discipline your mind and your heart to face life with steadfast courage. Discipline your life to be alone with your thoughts. Don't be afraid of that. Turn the noise off. Turn the TV off. Your phone. Stand alone with you and God. Ask Him for direction. Wait. He will answer. Don't make a decision so quickly. Evaluate. Develop that plan. Get people involved. Get your support system. But be encouraged each and every day with words that are beautiful and meaningful and are going to lift your spirit. So as we come to an end, I'm going to ask you the question again. What do you need steadfast courage for today every morning at the Rustrian household after we pray together and before we leave the house to face our day my wife tells our two daughters remember the Lord is always with you with your permission I want to say that to you today when you're going through difficult times and you need courage, remember the Lord is always with you. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If I could change the past, if I could do things over, if I could erase every painful experience, if I could take back the mistakes, I would also erase his faithfulness. I leave you with our quote of the day from Nobel Prize winner William Faulkner. You cannot swim for new horizons until you have courage to lose sight of the shore. Until next time, my friends, remember, never compromise integrity for comfort. Stay strong. Bye-bye.